Welcome to Park Ave Baptist Church Podcast. A weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon. I'm Himra Chanel, pastor of community engagement and stewardship. And I'm Darcy Jarrett, pastor of worship, advocacy, and arts. Park Ave is a bold, inclusive, and creative community where everyone is welcome. We uplift voices and identities that are marginalized elsewhere. We affirm all ethnicities, racial identities, ages, socioeconomic groups, gender identities, and sexual orientations because we hold to a theology that refuses to other anyone. At Park Ave, our leadership model is non-hierarchical. And we practice an open pulpit where you will hear a multiplicity of theologically trained voices from different backgrounds and social locations. We don't just preach and talk about deconstructing systems and structures of power. We We practice practice it. Through this podcast, we hope you will be inspired, encouraged, and challenged. Listen Listen with with us now. Park Avenue Baptist Church, in response to COVID-19, has suspended in-person worship, but that can't stop us. What you'll hear on this podcast is a recording of our online worship, which happens each Sunday at 10 a.m. Join us through our Facebook, at Park Ave Baptist, or our Instagram, at Park Ave Baptist. We hope that you stay safe in these difficult times. So now I would invite Marcus Foster, our Bible reader this morning. Thank you, Marcus. Good morning, Park Ave. A reading from Genesis 32, 22 through 31. Jacob wrestles with God. That night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 sons and crossed the ford of the, Je- uh, the Jabbok. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over his, all of his possessions. So Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, it is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. The sun rose above him as he passed Peniel, and he was limping because of his hip. Therefore, to this day, the Israelites do not eat the tendon attached to the socket of the hip, because the socket of Jacob's hip was touched near the tendon. The word of God for the people of God. Thank you, Pastor Darcy, uh, for that message this morning. Um, just a tidbit on John Lewis, we'll explore today as well. Um, but it's a blessing to see at each and every one of you this morning. Um, our title this morning is Remember Your Victory. Um, and I'll speak a little bit here in the beginning and then in the middle we'll have a breakout uh, where we actually have the individual, one of the individuals who I'm mentioning in our sermon this morning, one of my best friends, Mercy, uh, who's going to be communicating with me in our breakout room along with Pastor Darcy. Um, and then we'll explore and go back into the scripture that we read this morning. But I am happy to see each and every one of you this morning. Let us pray in our hearts for a message this morning. God, we thank you for your spirit being amongst us in this place. Uh, we thank you because we find victory in you. Uh, we ask that the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. You are our strength. You are our redeemer. 
It's in Jesus' name that we do pray our African Messiah and all of God's saints say, amen. Always turn to your neighbor, tell him to the person beside you or speak to yourself. It won't seem weird this morning, I promise you. And tell yourself, remember your victory. Remember your victory. Remember your victory. Do you remember your fight? Uh, your struggle, how you use it as motivation in times of trouble. What emotions come to mind when you think about your victory? One of my best friends in the world walks with a limp. He is 6'5", 280 pounds. Now he's a former uh, football player for NC State. Uh, go Wolfpack. I'm going to give you a shout out this morning. Uh, he's currently a part of the recruiting team, recruiting, recruiting league for the football program at NC State. And he's known throughout the football world as one of the best recruiters in the nation. But this wasn't always his path, or was it? Because in 11th grade, Mercer, AKA I call him Big Murder, uh, because he used to destroy people on the field and he would call me midget. And he still calls me midget to this day, and he's the only one that can call me midget, so don't you all attempt that. Um, but in 11th grade, uh, Big Murder was top 10 of his recruiting class as an offensive lineman. He was slated to be the top pick in his draft in 2006, um, doing his, uh, if he went to college and finished, and we would look at the titles and, and articles with his name. He was a sure thing for the league, and Everyone knew it. But one game, things changed. Big Murdo, if you know him, is the biggest teddy bear in the world. People love him because of his smile. He's genuine. He cares about people. And I can truly say I'm blessed to call him my best friend. But now on this football field, that same personality would come out. He was what I called a nice meme, if I could say it that way. He was one who would uh, smash a player down to the ground and then help him up. You know, those kinds of guys that'll help him pull him up off the ground. Just nice. You know, never seen him angry, never seen him out of sorts. But one night he made a choice. Uh, a guy had fallen in front of him. And instead of, at that time, falling and landing his 340 pounds on top of him, Big Murder decided to jump over this individual. And all 340 pounds landed and his hip popped out of place. They called it the Bo Jackson injury at that time. Uh, with blood flow at that part of the body ceased and your bone is damaged, your nerve is damaged. And on that night, Mercy, uh, being one of the most recruited players in the nation, went from not even knowing whether he would even play football again. Now, the normal person would have been devastated which I'm sure came into his mind. But as the story goes on, Mercier, instead of giving up, instead of throwing in the tower against all, against all of the naysayers, even all of the doctors said, we don't even know what you will walk again, let alone step on the football field again. But he didn't let that enter into his mind. And I would often ask him, man, how, how are you feeling? He would always say, I'm all right, I'm good. I'll be back, I'll play again. And yes, our senior year, 2002, as I tell my age, Mercy came back with a noticeable limp. But he came back and he still was great. He was all state, all Northeast Georgia, all American. 
but those 50 offers that he had were no longer there. He had a great season, but the limp was still there. And most schools weren't willing to invest in what they called damaged goods. He lost offers from Georgia, Florida, and all of the other big SEC schools. The same doctors who said he would never play again just a year earlier. But that didn't stop him. He decided to bet on himself. So he went to Georgia Military College down in a two-year school, a football powerhouse where people uh, go to prove themselves. And he became an All-American at this two-year school. And he received a full ride from NC State. Now, a healthy Mercer would have started every game, been the best old lineman on the field, but he still had that limp. And with that hip which was one day had to be replaced, things still just weren't the But the point of the story is not that he has a limp, not that his college career didn't go as planned, not that he could no longer enter into the NFL, but it was his reaction to the limp. People should be encouraged by, impressed by, and it encouraged me by seeing how he lived his life after that day. Even though he went through this horrific experience, I never saw him once give the uh, woe is me speech. Now he may have cried at night, he may have punched holes in doors, but I've never seen him get angry about it. I am certain that he prayed about it. And all that happened, I never saw him sing that song, woe is me. Never saw him talk bad about his life or the path that it went. All I saw was someone who took their experience and allowed God to work through it, determined to prove those who doubted him wrong. Until this day, my best friend still walks with a limp. And when I see him, I often think, does it still hurt? Is it a reminder of what could have been in every step but knowing him I know that I would be wrong because for big murder and for me every step is still breaking down the words of those who said he would never walk again said he would never play again so it reminds me it allows me to think back at all of our dreams um, all of the ones that we had he him myself and our other best friend the as we used to imagine together how we supported each other along our journey. So our question this morning is, do you remember your moment? What has you limping this morning? Not as a sign of weakness, but a limp that is a sign of strength. When I see my friend, I do not see weakness, but I see victory. A, a war scar where he carries with pride. What are you carrying this morning? A sign that you and God has had an interaction, a holy altercation, I would call it. What is it that you've overcame? Something so trying in your life that anything that life throws at you now, the best shot, you can roll with the punches. And now anything that comes your way, you say to yourself, if I can overcome that, 
which happened to me back then, then me and God can overcome anything. No job loss, no spouse loss, no material possession loss, no promotion loss, no much short, no sickness diagnosed, no family drama or family hate. Nothing can break you all because you know how far God has brought you from your lowest moment. So in your groups this morning, as our first breakout, those of you on Facebook, I want you to take a victory lap this morning. I want you to tell your victory story. We'll, we'll have about 10 to 12 minutes but we'll interact with each other. And I want you to talk about what you've gone through and, and how it's not a sign of weakness, but it's a sign of victory when you look back at that struggle. It is fortunate this morning that I do have Mercer on our Zoom this morning. So he'll be with myself and Pastor Darcy in the main room. And that are what you, that's what the individuals will see on Facebook. But as we go into our breakout rooms this morning, then I'll come back and I'll intertwine the story of Jacob and our message this morning. But please get to know each other as we got to know the story of John Lewis this morning. Get to know each other. Tell your, your story this morning in the Victory Lab as we go into our breakout rooms. But thank you, Mercer, as I stated, for being here with us this morning. So the question is this morning, what also can we learn from Jacob? Uh, in our scripture this morning, as I was rereading this verse that I've read several times, I wonder why God or this angel or this Lord of hosts touched Jacob's hip and caused this limp. Um, obviously, it was a test. Uh, because in my reading this past week, a test like this was not uncommon for that area, for, for their theology during that time. Um, see, many of the law cases and ordeals or tests, this was one mode of solving solutions, wrestling. Uh, and maybe this was uh, part of that, so the reader would understand what all of this wrestling was about. Maybe it was a test to see if Jacob was willing to give all in to overcome. Maybe it was a reminder of the struggle uh, to remind Jacob, this limp that he left with to remind him of the fight uh, for his destiny and how he prevailed. But again, why would, why would this spiritual being break the rules? They're wrestling, he, he, he or she or whatever breaks the rule. Maybe it was because as it stated, daylight was coming soon. Um, and he could not prevail over Jacob, the one who prevailed also over Esau. What did this being think that pain would do? The same pain that my friend saw on the football field. A test to see if that pain that Jacob was going through would allow or make Jacob give up to holding on to something that he knew he needed in order to blessed when he crossed that river. That's why, I believe that's why, if one thing that I know in reading this, I believe that is why Jacob held on. That is why we hold on. Because we know that just on the other side of this struggle, on the other side of this WWE wrestling match, is our victory. That is why we hold on. Just like my friend who held on to belief that he would play again, 
Jacob needed to prevail so that he could face what was coming ahead. So Jacob held on. Jacob held on because he felt that he had to, that if he could just hold on long enough, everything would be all right. And this is what I heard growing up as a child. This was the message that I received growing up in my small town in Washington, Wilts. This ideal about holding on. This is the voice that my mother used and my father and my grandfather and my grandmother. This is the voice and the words that John Lewis speaks to us from the grave when John Lewis tells us, just keep moving. And there was a song that would always be played in my house as a young man growing up. And I'm going to give you just a snippet of it this morning, if I can. Um, it would go something like this, and it was an old spiritual, and it would go like this. It would be like, hold on just a little while longer. Hold on just a little while longer. Hold on just a little while longer. Because everything is going to be all right. And the old mother was saying, hold on. Just a little while longer, hold on. Just a little while longer, hold on. Just a little while longer, everything is gonna be all right. And I would hear this song growing up about holding on in the midst of your struggle. And this is what Jacob is telling us this morning. These are the voices of the protesters and martyrs of yesteryear and today, telling us to hold on to the faith that God will provide. This is the spirit in which we in our individual lives overcome some of the most trying times and most pressing times in our life. If we just hold on. Sometimes we hold on alone, but most times if we hold on together, we will make it through. John Lewis, John Lewis said in his message to us at the end of his time, John Lewis said that we can redeem the world together. Together if we, as those would say, just hold on to God unchanging hands then we can overcome anything. Remember that if we once who were people who were together, remember and never forget, forget the words of John Lewis and Martin Luther King and John Laurie and Jose Williams and so many others, male and females, black and white, what they went through for us to have a better future. Yes, sometimes, if I'm honest, if we are honest, when we look back, shame looks back at us, if we're honest. Uh, when we look back, it does remind us of the hurt, of our mistakes. But I urge you this morning, when you look back, to call it and count it all joy. Because when you look back at your struggle, there right beside that struggle is also your victory staring you right back in the face. So I tell you this morning, don't let the pain of yesterday, the pain of your experience, delay your blessing for tomorrow any longer. We're going to wrestle like Jacob this morning. 
we're going to hold on to the faith that John 16 and 33 tells us. It says that I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. But this is the part. It says, in this world you will have trouble. Not that you might have trouble or trouble may come your way, but it you will have trouble. But it says, take heart, I have overcame the world. Yes, we will have trouble because we daydream in action of a world where justice looked the same for all. Yes, we will have trouble because we daydream in action of a world where love is the lunch special in every community across America. Yes, we will have trouble because we daydream in action that in our individual lives, it will mirror the abundance that God has promised us so that we can encourage someone else along their path. Yes. We will have trouble because we choose love over hate because we drink from the well of truth. We will have trouble. And like John Lewis, who gave his life for truth, he had trouble. But what did John Lewis call it? Good trouble. Yes, good trouble on every bus that he sat in and at the front where it says no blacks allowed in the front. He had good trouble. And every diner that he visited that on the front door, it said whites only. Ah, that was good trouble. Every bridge that he crossed, every action that he uh, prevented, allayed himself and that tried to prevent him from bringing equal justice, he had trouble. But, but victory was birthed out of that trouble. So take heart this morning. Look back, rejoice, and realize that all of the trouble was good trouble, that we are still here, still dreaming, still imagining a better world, a better us, a better you, causing all trying kinds of good trouble. So as I end this morning, I want to end with a poem from Langston Huge called Still Here to remind us that we are all here. Langston Hughes says these words, I've been scarred and battered. My hopes, the wind unscattered. Snow has fizzed me. Sun has baked me. Looks like between them both, they done tried to make me stop laughing and stop loving and stop living. But Langston Hughes says, I don't care because I am still here. We are still here. Still dreaming, still a man, still living a life of victory, still overcoming, still becoming, proclaiming that we are the head and not the tail, and we 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 are proclaiming that we deserve a life of liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Let us pray this morning. God, we thank you for your message. We thank you for your messenger in John Lewis. We don't proclaim that that is the last John Lewis. We proclaim that someone out there, that somewhere in us, there is the voice of John Lewis, the spirit of John Lewis, urging us to good trouble, reminding us that our struggle is not just a struggle, but it's a victory a victory that is claimed through Jesus Christ. We ask that all of those who are on my voice be blessed in their journey, be reminded of your victory, be reminded 
of your story. It's in Jesus' name we do pray. All of God's saints say amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Park Avenue Baptist Church podcast. If you'd like to worship with us in person, our services are on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m.-ish. We are at 486 Park Ave in Southeast Atlanta, across the street from Grant Park, at the corner of Park Ave and Sydney Street. To find out more about us or get in touch, visit our website at parkavebaptist.com. Now go into a world that is too often unjust. Knowing that the God that created you loves you. And empowers you to love boldly, live inclusively, and serve creatively. Mm